Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Well, hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, we are not. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And before we get started, we're going to give you our business rundown. And we'll do it as quickly as possible. And that is that you can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to everything we mentioned on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at forever35pod. Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast. You can join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. And you can also check us out on Reddit where there is a Forever 35 subreddit. It's true. And if you want to reach us, we have a voice law number where you can also text us at 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, If you like the show, we do always appreciate a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. 
Please like do all those things. We love it. And uh, look, coming up today, we have an interview with, I think, one of our favorite personal podcasters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're talking to Kate Kennedy of Be There in Five Pod, which is a personal favorite of both Dory and I. Oh. Dory and me? Dory and I? Dory and me. Dory and me. I'll learn. I think I would say Dor- personal favorite of Dory's and mine. Thank you, Dory. Someone <laughs> someone did send us an email the other day that was, uh, the subject was grammar police for Kate. So <laughs> I know there are people listening to how I speak and I know it drives them nuts when I get things wrong. So apologies in advance, but I said Dory and I. Uh, you know, I think that in particular is a thing that a lot of people mess up. And I think, and it's also like, I don't know. Grammar seems sort of arbitrary. It does, especially in the English language, which is a very yeah. confusing language that we speak. And I say that as someone who whose mom like taught English as a second language and was like a real grammar stickler, especially you know, about that. My dad is currently taking a course in grammar really yes like he got his master's degree last year and then for pleasure he's taking a grammar course so interesting you know yeah good thing he doesn't <laughs> listen to this <laughs> <sighs> um well how's it going kate well it's going i posed a question in our document and we have very different answers just kind of in the wake of me kind of feeling really depressed and figuring out ways to work through it. And, and, you know, in addition to like talking to my, my medical professionals, I've been trying to focus on like the very tiny things that like bring me joy, like Mm -hmm. the teeniest, like the smell of my reed diffuser in my bathroom. Every time I go in the bathroom, I'm like, "Mm, ah, or like I have a heating pad and that feels really good. Or like I like hearing when my kids speak in slang and they sound like such dorks, like when they FaceTime their friends and they're like, OMG, <laughs> like, are you cartoons? <laughs> oh, that's really sweet, though. It is very sweet. And and so I've just like, what is I, I guess I, I just have been trying to look at the. Like finding those moments where I'm like, okay, this feels good. I feel joy here. Like Mm -hmm. joy, joy is still possible in my life. I'm still feeling it. Like the other day I craved not just a Starbucks cappuccino, but I craved the sensation of getting in the drive-through line and just like sitting and waiting. It was the weirdest feeling, but I was like, I want to sit in a Starbucks drive-through line. So I did. Hey, I'm glad you were able to make that happen for you. <laughs> so anyway, so I posed to you, are, have you, are you feeling this? Are you able to kind of like pull out these, these simple pleasures right now? I asked this to you in our, in our Google document. You did. And how are I you feeling about this. that? Is it sounds like it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was kind of like... Okay, simple pleasures, simple pleasures. <laughs> like, Sitting okay. at my desk. Okay. Like, I've got this. <clears throat> thinking, hmm. What is it? What is a simple pleasure? Um, hmm. 
And then I like I read over yours and I was like, well, don't I don't I don't I drink coffee now sometimes. Have I mentioned that? Um, you have to me personally, but I don't think you have on this podcast. Okay. I think I said that I was, that I thought all the pressures of the last couple of weeks were like, in order to finish all the work, I was going to have to start drinking coffee. But I don't think I ever mentioned that I actually did, but I did. Oh yeah. Like the day after, or like the <laughs> afternoon after we recorded that on a podcast, you just sent me a picture of an iced coffee. No, it was definitely was like, the next morning because I uh, didn't. I remember wanting it that afternoon, but being like, oh, it's too late to get it. I'll never go to sleep. So it was the next, it was definitely the next morning, but I, I got a really delicious iced latte from like the fancy coffee place near me. <laughs> and it was really good. And it did give me energy and focus. And I was did, like, okay. What did it feel like having caffeine in your body for the first time after two years? You know, I really thought I was going to have like a, like I was going to feel a jolt <laughs> and I didn't, but I definitely did feel a little like pepped up, not wow. like speedy, but like, I don't know. I, I, I just, I felt less sluggish, mm. but here's what I will, here's what else I will say is, um, there have been a few days recently where so there were a couple there are a few days in a row where I was getting this coffee because um you know I was taking care of Henry and we would in the morning when we would leave the house I would just go with him and get a coffee um and then when we got our nanny back I wasn't leaving the house with him in the morning and I just kind of forgot to get coffee and then it would be like two in the afternoon and I'd be like, oh, I didn't have coffee today. Oh, well, I guess now it's too late. And so I just, it hasn't become like a regular thing yet. <laughs> I feel like it could, but I think also just like the way my life is set up right now, it's not, um, it's not something that is like automatically built into my routine, if that makes sense. Totally. Yes. And my, like, for me, I wake up and I immediately go into my kitchen and pour myself a cup of coffee. Right. So that is not that is not something I'm doing, but you know, I did I did drink some coffee. Anyway, point being, I was reading through your list and I was like, okay, I don't have a heating pad. My kids aren't my you know, my kid isn't old enough to FaceTime their friends. I barely even walk my dog anymore. We just like let him run around in the yard. And haven't had a McDonald's French fry in a while. Do I find washing my face at night calming? No, not really. <laughs> so I was like, okay, can't check any of those off Kate's list. Um, and I was like, what? What's a simple pleasure? Simple pleasure. It's like, I don't know. Like, it's not like I go through the day feeling miserable. I don't. But I don't think – actually, okay, there is one thing, and I think I mentioned this before. It's like getting into bed at night and doing the crossword and, like, the like the New York Times word games. Mm -hmm. That is a simple pleasure. Mm. It's like the end of the day. Writing, writing in my one-line journal. Like, my, I guess my, my bedtime – 
routine is a simple pleasure. Just the getting into bed part. Yeah. Because it's the end of the day. <laughs> like, made it through. <laughs> but, you know, even my one line a day journal now is getting kind of like depressing because now I've been doing it for more than a full year. So I can see last mm. year's entries. <sighs> and it's both like, oh, I was still at this time last year, I was still like going out and seeing people and doing the things I used to do. But then it's also like, I can see the, <laughs> the, the lockdown is coming. And then wow. it's like, oh, we've been doing this for almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, wow. and how interesting though. I, I mean, I, like, I feel like that is ultimately the point of those journals is that you, you're able to kind of really quickly go back and reflect on what you were doing the year before. Yeah. And it's pretty wild. Wow. When did you start that journal? Do you remember? Was it? I started January it. Last year? It was December. It was like late December of last year. We had gone, we had gone to New York between like for the right after Christmas or right around Christmas, we had gone to New York and I had started it, I think the week before we left for New York. Wow. That's, mm -hmm. I mean, that is the point of it, but I can also, I can see how it would be freaking haunting and depressing to go back and be like, oh, look at me. Early 2020, Dory. Love and life. Love and life, like seeing friends across the country, going on a plane no with my son and my husband. Yeah. Like going out to dinner with friends. <laughs> It's just weird. Yeah, that's weird. So I don't know. I think I'm just like, uh, I feel like I'm on autopilot. I need, I just need like a mental health break. I haven't. And also, I'm just going to preface this by saying, as always, I'm not saying that I have it like worse than anyone else. I'm just saying that this is how I feel right now. And I know other people are struggling and other people are struggling much worse than I am. So just want to preface everything with that. Now, that said, when I compare how my life is now to how my life is before, I get sad. Like I haven't slept anywhere besides my house in 11 months, which, again, a lot of people do. But when I compare it to how my life used to be, how I used to go places and see people and travel and et cetera. It's a little sad. And, you know, my husband had COVID and I turned in a book manuscript and a magazine story the same week. And I was taking care of my son and doing podcasts. And like, I didn't know what my, I don't think I knew what my breaking point was before, but I think it turns out that was my breaking point. That was it. I found it. It was right there. So I just like, I can't even like really think about simple pleasures right now because I'm literally like, I, uh, I don't know. Like I barely even went outside yesterday. So it's a little like, okay, I need to, I keep fantasizing about going to Hawaii. <laughs> To a Dory's hotel in Hawaii or just like a anywhere, just sitting on the beach? Yeah, like 
Matt and I have gone to Hawaii a couple times and full disclosure, they were not especially fun trips. Like my husband was not really fun to travel with on those trips. So it's not like I have these like amazing memories of like our blissful idyllic Hawaii trip. But for some reason, there's just this thing in my head of like Hawaii. (laughs) Like, that's where I want to go right now, but it's not going to happen. So I don't know. I feel like for a while the the fantasizing was like getting me through. And now mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know. It's taunting you. Yeah, it is. It is taunting me. It is really taunting me. Yeah. That's where I am. Since, since you asked. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Yeah. Let's recalibrate. Take a break. Okay. Okay. Let's take a pause. Because when we come back, we get to talk to another Kate, Kate Kennedy, Mm -hmm. about her career, being an entrepreneur, growing a podcast community, self-care practices, Taylor Swift, pop culture. I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers also her favorite products i mean we just we We really ran the gamut yeah i mean she's just i was giddy getting to talk to her because i listened to her podcast and i had that experience where i was like oh my gosh a podcaster is a real person (laughs) totally totally very exciting so when we come back more with kate all right brb You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince, because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune, I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn effortlessly chic whether it's winter or or summer they've got premium european linen dresses blouses and shorts from 30 dollars. you got washable silk tops really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more like truly the list goes on and on and the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E 
com slash forever 35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever 35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let Let me just tell you why. Yeah, get into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say, like, I, I I, don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like, get this off of me. <laughs> 
No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos and like within a few weeks, I had done a consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. We are so excited about today's guest. We have Kate Kennedy on the show, host of Be There in Five, one of our favorite podcasts. Kate, we're so pumped. Welcome to Forever 35. Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped to be here. I Two years ago, I was out in LA and I thought so hard about reaching out to you guys, but I was too nervous. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I like we've wanted to have you on our show forever, but I've been too nervous to ask. So here we are. We're such we dorks. Are. All of we got to just ask, you know, just yeah. got to go for it. I, you know, and everyone's always so nice when you ask. I don't know why in my head I'm like, they aren't going to want to do it. <laughs> right. Get, I mean, guesting on a podcast is a real joy. As podcasters, I'm sure you feel the same when you're not yes. leading. It's so totally. much fun. Yes. Totally. Well, I let's hope that that plays out for you today and that you have fun on the show. <laughs> Um, let's introduce you to our listeners who have, have, if they haven't heard your show, um, 
that should be the first thing they do when we finish talking today. Kate is a Chicago-based entrepreneur, an author, and a podcast host who is very well known for inventing the reminder mat. In 2014, as a hobby, she decided to paint Turn Off Your Curling Iron on her doormat in an attempt not to burn her apartment down and realizing that this was an innovation in a somewhat stale category that only contained welcome mats that see you into your home. She created a whole line of products designed to see you on your way out. And she named that line be there in five as a salute to people like her. And she has since expanded this business, written a parody book about social media stars and the ridiculous way we all use the internet. And of course she has started a podcast to chat about things that she says, quote, are delightfully unimportant end quote, but I find them to actually be very important. And I look to you to really educate me on pop culture and the internet. And your podcast is just such an amazing show and you have created an incredible community and we're so excited to just get into it with you today. So welcome to Forever 35. Thank you for having me. It's funny to want to hear back your own bio. I don't think people always expect to go from doormats to podcasts, but here we are. (laughs) Well, what's interesting (laughs) is like the thread that I see and I feel like I've kind of learned in getting to know you and your show is like a very fierce, independent spirit, entrepreneur, like really carving your own way. Your podcast is really unique and you you seem to have really trusted your gut as a business person. And that is something that I find very terrifying as a human being. Um so I know it's a, you have had a long and storied career. Is there an abridged version you could kind of share with our audience? And then maybe can we get into how you, you really learned to trust your own instinct? Yeah. You know, I think I, I worked at a, a corporate job for six, almost seven years in market research um, and marketing effectiveness. Then I was a Six Sigma black belt and I was in a very, the very corporate world and just needed a creative outlet. And that's how the math started as a functional way to not burn my apartment down. But um, through after I had to leave my job and scale up the mat business, I kind of uh, thrust myself into a series of career decisions that were, I mean this in a good way, objectively embarrassing. Anytime you do something kind of obscure or different or on your own, it's embarrassing until it works and then everybody's just thinks it's cool. And I almost built up a tolerance to that level of ambiguity in starting new ventures where it's first it's going to seem lame. I don't have to tell anybody. And then when it works, you know, we can talk about it because if you're a sensitive person that cares what people think, it really can de-energize you from pursuing your ideas. And I think I didn't really know that about myself until I ventured out on my own and everybody had so many opinions and it really starts to get to you. So I honestly think the part of my career where I moved toward like writing a book and starting this podcast, you know, I didn't have, I'm not a writer. I didn't have writing experience or go to school for Uh, I was in business school and I don't have any background for a podcast, but that's what I'm always kind of trying to snap out of is the need for like permission or for there to, you know, need to make sense relative to other people's experience. Because I think that if you have an interest in a gift, it can get you pretty far. And a lot of the other stuff is teachable or learnable. Um, But yeah, I, I kind of, it was from doormats to now it's been about like five or six years 
and it's been a lot of ups and downs, but I, now the podcast is my full-time gig, which is very surprising to me, but um, something I genuinely enjoy. And to your point, I think in making it really long and making it single hosted, those were two things that are, were not popular decisions, but I just felt were more in line with who I am and what I can bring to the table. And I think life's just constantly asking yourself, like, if people are saying what I'm doing is different, like, is it wrong? Or is it does it just not look like other people's because those are two different things, right? So I'm constantly trying to figure out what's not going to work. And what's just a different approach, you know? Yeah, I mean, doing a solo podcast, that's real hard. Like, I'm just I'm always just relieved to have Kate (laughs) as my (laughs) co host. And whenever I listen to your show, I'm like, wow, she is so good at just like you're having a conversation with yourself. So is that something that you have always done? Like, have you always had this kind of like running internal monologue? (laughs) Um, And this is just like your outlet to like, let it all out? Or like, where did this come from? That that would be funny if I'm like, no, my whole life, I've talked to myself for two hour periods of time. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, Honestly, the doing it by myself at first was out of necessity. Uh, Yeah because I didn't know who would co-host with me. Um, But I honestly, I find it to be this kind of luxury where I say things I don't know, I think, or I wouldn't write. Mm. And I hear myself process, like I've evolved so much because of the podcast, because I've been forced to talk about my life, my past, my perspective. And then I'm forced to listen back to it and think, how would, if I'm the only person somebody's hearing from about this topic and they regurgitate what I'm saying, like that matters. Like who, what am I not considering? Who could I be offending? How can I say this better? I'm constantly not only having to process my own thoughts, but then refine them to be public, publicly like digestible. And it's really been therapizing for me in a sense. So it's a, it's a very unnatural thing to do, but over time I've really enjoyed um, sorting things out out loud. And I just think it's a thing nobody's going to do unless you're talking to a therapist or you're on a mic. Um, And I kind of, yeah, I I think that, you know, you hear me talk for two hours straight. That's like a lot of chopped up recording bundled together. I don't sit down and do it in one pass most of the time, but I think that, uh, yeah, out of necessity, I figured out how to do it. And now it's kind of like, as like you would write morning pages or stream of consciousness. It's just how I try to talk. I love that. Well, you mentioned too doing this work as a sensitive person, and I, I feel like I've kind of followed your own personal discovery as you're being as you have discovered you are a highly sensitive person, which is a real thing. It's something I also identify as. Can you talk a little bit about how you came to that discovery and and what it what it means, especially for people who have never heard that term? Yeah, I think it affects like 20% of the population is what I read. And it's a it's not like a diagnosis. I think it's more of like a personality classification, if I understand right. I honestly need to read more about it. But it was very groundbreaking because I, ju- I just said something in passing on Instagram. And somebody DM me. They're like, have you ever looked into what an HSP is? And I literally never heard it. And it was such a groundbreaking moment for me because um, I not only do I have, I always felt my whole life, like I feel things a little too intensely. Um, I also have like sensory sensitivities. Like I really don't love being in really bright sunlight. I'm very funny about like surfaces, like all of these things interact the way in terms of you being both physically and emotionally sensitive. And it's been educational to read about, but it, it was very validating because 
you grow up your entire life, people calling you sensitive is essentially an insult or it's something you need to work through um, and get thicker skin. And well into my thirties, I just, it, it is what it is. I have thin skin, like, and it's been more productive for me to work around that than to just beat myself up for not having, not being tougher. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah, it was definitely a breakthrough. And I wish I remember what, what, why somebody told me that, but they kind of like ascertained from listening to me talk that I was an HSP and it was really helpful. I, I so relate to that too. And the, the sensory stuff is interesting too. Like I cannot stand ticking clocks and have to like get every ticking clock like out of my face because <laughs> um, they like yeah. literally drive me crazy and people are like, I can't even hear it. And I'm like, it's like, it's like a bomb in my head. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. No, these so. things, they're, they're very real. And they're, it's like, I just I think you learn a lot later in life, what to stop being annoyed at your quirks and just work around yes. them. Yeah, they're yes. not going to go away. Yes. But well, yeah, so- and that and the thing about like, oh, stop being so sensitive, and it being this insult. And then I had the same experience, like later, much later being like, well, wait, why do I need to stop being so sensitive? Like, why is that bad to like feel things deeply, you know? So, right. Anyway. And, and people, I think it, it helps in jobs like this, where you have to emote and communicate and put yourself in other people's shoes. Like, I think that it was kind of a weird epiphany where I felt like I found myself in this circumstance, maybe not despite being sensitive, but because I'm sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's, um, it's a positive attribute and it's not a detriment to who you are and your abilities, but actually it enhances them. Right. And I think in a, in a public facing job, I'm sure you guys have experienced the same. You're kind of like, I do not belong here. Um, yeah. It, it, in terms of the 24 seven feedback loop, the harshness of, of uh, people, you know, can be at times on your work and, I, uh, that's kind of where I'm always at a crossroads of like, do people like me not belong in this type of role or are enough people not in this type of role because of stuff like this? And I need to push through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's a constant personal battle over here for sure. But I like what you say about accepting thin skinness because you can't just, you can't just become thick skin. That's, I don't think that is a, we're taught that that's a learned, a thing you could learn, but I think in actuality, you're right. That's not, that's not a shift that most, most of us can make if we aren't already that way. And I feel like throughout my life, my teenage and college years, especially it was very, the, the like zero F scroll was very heralded as like, you know, people, I, I feel like there's this type of, uh, feminism that's like I don't care could not care less like go f yourself and I've always marveled at these women that really just are able to compartmentalize and not take things personally and power through and I've always wanted to be one and I just am not and every time I've tried to be one I've made mistakes and acted in a way that I really regret um so it's just I've learned to lean into me being sensitive and caring what people think about me (laughs) Do you have advice for other people who might want to kind of learn to, like you said, just kind of like trust themselves, trust their instincts, um, especially when it comes to something like starting a business or starting a podcast? You know, I, I kind of liken starting something new. 
I don't have kids, but uh, somebody told me once, like, never tell somebody the name of your child until you've had the child. Uh, I feel the same way about a business, a book, a creative venture. You don't, you don't have to tell people you're working on it until it's done. You don't have to tell somebody it's there until it's published, until you've formed your LLC, whatever. People change their tune when things materialize and are more real. And I think that the, especially if you're sensitive, skepticism is, is noise that will affect your creative process. And um, I think that one huge thing I learned is uh, to think of the opinions of people in my personal life as market research. And if the people that are giving me input aren't an adequate cross-section of my and my target audience, their opinion actually isn't useful. And if I made business decisions based off of what my husband and mom and best friend thought, I'd actually be a really bad business person. So I can't let the noise get in my head. And if it does, I just leave people out of it. Otherwise, I try to compartmentalize uh, feedback in that sense. I love that. So it sounds like you. what I hear maybe is that you've gotten good at setting up boundaries in your life. Uh, yes, that's interesting. I have, I've never thought of it as a boundary, but I mean, I do, my husband is blocked on my Instagram, so. <laughs> really? <laughs> Whoa, seriously? <laughs> He's blocked from my stories. Why? Because um, I, well, it's kind of a joke at this point, but I did it at first because I think anybody who who tries to do something influencery, it is super effing weird to talk to yourself on camera and put it on a story. And everybody in your personal life is like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to yourself? And when I first started doing it, I like kind of needed to push through the self-consciousness. He never made me feel bad, but it was just like, it's weird that he's upstairs and I'm downstairs being like, I love this hair removal cream. Like, I don't know. I just felt silly. And then it kind of became an ongoing joke. Um, But honestly, it's that I... I don't want to have those conversations like in my home and he is not my target audience. And so when he's like, do people care what Stormy Webster's wearing? I'm like, yes. And I don't <laughs> want to second guess it. I don't want to explain it. I just want to live in my world. And um, he, he, you know, if he wanted to look at it, he could like, it's not a huge deal, but it's kind of a funny boundary I set where it's like, I want it. If the world was crumbling and I was canceled and everything was crazy in this internet world I live in, I kind of love that I'm, I can come home and that d- utterly doesn't exist. I love that so much, especially because you are in this like interesting spot, right? Where you're kind of both an influencer and an observer and like a gentle critic sometimes of influencer culture. Um, and I'm curious, just like, how do you navigate that? Honestly, it's difficult because I was harsher before I got further into it. Mm. And, and I think we, that's like something a lot of people experience. You start out criticizing and then you realize you really should be giving people the benefit of the doubt more often than not. And then you want people to let you live. And then, so you kind of let other people live. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I, I, my biggest boundary there is I try to criticize behavior and I don't, Mm -hmm. I, more than I criticize people's, like, I don't like when people go after people's looks or husband or kids or clothes, or I don't like the nitpicking as much. I mean, I'll like jokingly nitpick about the Turtle Creek lanes of the world, um, like the musical, the musical decor of it all. But like, I feel like as it relates to bigger influencer conversations, I really believe in the importance of not being like mean spirited. Um, and I, it's hard to maintain a good sense of humor and to be able to snark and to draw that line. And I've definitely crossed it a couple of times. Uh, but yeah, it is hard because I, a lot of times I'm like, if somebody was talking about me this way, I would hate it. 
but also I think the art of the influencer is a weird thing where like your, your life is the product you're selling and people should be able to have commentary on the product you're monetizing my eyeballs for. And when influencers think nothing is on the table to talk about, and they just want me to swipe up. I don't think that's fair either because they're making a lot of money off of their audience. I'm always torn. Yeah, it's really tricky. I mean, I always appreciate your, um, your thoughts on influencer culture and your kind of, like I said, your gentle critique. Um, and I do think it's always, it's always really thoughtful and, and kind of grounded. And I, I think especially looking at the ways in which influencers are like grappling with the current political moment has been really interesting. Like you've had some, you've had, I feel like you've had a lot of thoughts about that. So could you, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think my argument is more often that the things your listener, your audience wants you to, uh, speak up about are largely not that political. They don't care about your thoughts on foreign policy. They care about your thoughts on human rights. Yeah. And if you're a person that represents an audience of people that you make money off of, they should be pretty clear on that you care about them as people. And I think when well people reach out to an influencer like in a well-intentioned manner saying like, these are issues that affect me and my life and, and my equality. And you're like, sorry, I don't get political. It's just like, at that point, I'm. It's. I just do not think you can be an influencer in 2021 and not have your audience be crystal clear on where you stand about things like their basic rights. And when you oversimplify it or kind of gloss over it as being political and you don't get political, I just don't buy it anymore. We're not in the early 2010s era of aspirational Pinterest perfect vignettes of a diptyque candle and a peonies and a mason jar. Like we're to, now you need to be a person. Yeah. And I think that I'm just not interested in people that aren't willing to be vulnerable. I don't need people to speak perfectly about things, but I think it's important to know their, where their basic values lie. And I just think it's weird when people stonewall and won't even venture in, like won't denounce a attempted coup. Like it's, just, you know, I, it, it gets to a point where I'm like, what are you hiding, protecting, doing, or are you just so nervous right. to piss people off? I don't know. Right. But it's, def- I mean, I get why it's, um, I get why it's challenging because you hear from people constantly and, but it's not to me about like when, whenever people are like, I can't win. It's, it's not about winning. It's just like be a human. A re- like I, I really think relatability is the currency aspiration once was. And I think it's relatable to be like, you don't need to prepare a speech, just witness things along with yeah. your audience, experience the world as we are like we're in dire times. And when you're appearing to be utterly unaffected, it is, so remarkably off-putting and oftentimes offensive, but worse, it doesn't actually meaningfully affect anybody's career. So why am I even wasting my breath talking about it? Kate, on the other hand, you are an influencer and I do feel like you have influenced me and a lot of my purchases, which I appreciate. I like, I trust you as a consumer of your content and a fan. Uh, I purchased Veet hair removal based on your recommendation hadn't bought it since I was like 13. It's great. Could you give us a little rundown of kind of your favorite products that you feel confident recommending to others? Like what, what are your must have when it comes to beauty, skincare, makeup, or lifestyle? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, per the beat of it all, like, I know it's just like chemicals, chemical tastic. Lord knows what's in it. And it's so 90s, like who wears short shorts and air commercials. But um, I've used it for like the better part of a decade for bikini line. And I just, when people can go waxing, I mentioned it offhandedly. I've never sold more of a product in my life. I, I it was like crazy looking at the swipe ups and I, I don't know. I think people forgot that those types of products like existed, but I've been using them forever and I'm a huge fan. Um, highly recommend. Uh, I am very devoted to this like color. Wow. Shellac I put on my hair that makes it shiny. Um, I, for like, Oh, and I also use a lot of IGK and um, Batiste dry shampoo, like can, cans on cans on cans. Um, for skincare, I'm very into, I think the brand is Vo. Um, it's a VO and it's a like, face scrub that I started using last year and I use their retinol too and I'm obsessed with it. I use the first Aid Beauty. It's like a sativa seed oil that's great for redness because I'm really a uh, really red person. Um, and I also am really recently into the, I'm so late to the party on this, but the Dr. Jart, what's it called? The Sika. The Sika pair. Yeah. That's, uh, it's outstanding for, uh, super red skin. Um, and then I have this other serum that I heard, like, uh, you know, who Whitney Cummings, the comedian, mm-hmm, um, her, her skin, her skin is like insane. It's and insane. I heard her say one time on a podcast that this one serum she uses is from Whole Foods and it's this um, brand called, uh, I wrote it down, it's Skin, Skin Naturals Eternal Hyaluronic Serum. And I buy it off Amazon and it's kind of weird and it smells weird and it's yellow. Um, but hey, <laughs> if I look like that, <laughs> I'm wow. very weird in where I get my recommendations. <laughs> well, but I think it kind of speaks to like, like you want to hear it from a real person who you can like see and experience like that. That's the kind of recommendation I live for a weird serum at whole foods, as opposed to like the cool thing all influencers are using. Like that feels like a more authentic recommendation. I'm now I, I'm, I'm obviously Googling it right now. I, I'm like you, I pay attention to recommendations when people obviously no pun intended, don't have skin in the game. Um, and I, and I, I'm like, oh, you're just a person who like seems like your face or your attitude or your energy or something that I appreciate. And if there's something related to that, that you're not, you know, having to swipe up for, but just you genuinely like, I kind of appreciate the endorsement. But yeah, I also love like Tatcha products. Mm. I've been using their rice powder for many years. We're both big Tatcha fans. Yeah, I, I, I'm like not, I'm highly experimental in products and I wish I was a little bit more uh, brand loyal sometimes, but I definitely get hooked on the novelty bias of like, this is life changing for the first two times you use it. Yeah. It's like a chase. It's it like gives you that high of thinking you're going to finally get it, but then it never, never does. So you chase the next high in the next like dark Brown glass jar. Right. And I almost see like skincare and like hair care, like I love beauty products. I love makeup, have my whole life, but there's this fun, like frustrating inversion of as my income gets higher and I can afford the things I've always wanted, my tolerance for clutter plummets. (laughs) 
And I feel so guilty and anxious being surrounded by all these like trial size things and products I used once or twice. So it's kind of a thing where I thought I'd be buying more and more stuff at this stage in my life, but I'm getting annoyed at myself for having a little of this and a little of that. And I wish I had like a clean routine. It's hard. I want to ask about your self-care practices, obviously, since that is the essential focus of our show. Um, I would love to hear what you do on a daily basis that kind of brings you some relief, whether it's with your mental health, with your person, whatever, whatever it is. Um, what are some of the things that you do for self-care? I think I actually, you, you phrased something when I was checked in with you yesterday, you said something like pop culture as self-care. And I never really thought about Mm -hmm. that, but I really like that phrasing because I try, I really am an information seeker and I read a ton of articles and Reddit and TikTok and whatever. And like, I really do love to keep a pulse, uh, a finger on the pulse of like what people are talking about, what's going on in the world of obscure niche hobby, like message threads. Like, I don't care. I just really like learning new things. And um, I think that there's, it's kind of like the trope of like TV rots your brain. Like it can, but it also doesn't have to. I think that scrolling in the deep like can be beneficial and I take breaks by digesting a lot of digital information and I've just over the years tried to not make myself feel as bad about uh, it because I think it's, you know, the mindless scrolling can be perceived as a bad thing, but I also see it as like kind of acquisition of knowledge at times, especially for my job. So I actually do enjoy some of the mindless scrolling, but I I don't have a car. I haven't had a car in 10 years. I I have to walk everywhere. So I walk a ton and I listen to a ton of audio and that's where I get a lot of calm and playing with my dog. I just, I don't know. I I think that it's kind of, when I think about self-care, I kind of laugh because I think I'm a person that's been doing that my whole life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Like even when I was young, like I'm, I've, I'm very conscious of, uh, like I'm a friendly introvert and a sensitive person. And like, I feel energetically when I need to reset, recharge, take a step back, prepare. Like I'm so in tune with how I feel that I've always been kind of out for myself in a sense of like prioritizing my own comfort. And I always, I never knew if it was kind of like a selfish thing, but I don't know. I've always uh, made sure to carve out time for what I need to be able to be an optimal version of myself. Like I won't run around like crazy till I'm spent. I I think I kind of established that habit when I was younger of knowing that I need to recharge. I have a question. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about Taylor Swift? Because I know you're a huge fan. You do a brilliant job reviewing her, her work. I love that you think reputation is a great album. (laughs) which I think, you know, you are not, most people do not argue in favor of reputation, but I, I value your opinion, but uh, like, she seems like her, her music has been a, played a big role in your life. Um, And I I think you draw a lot of great parallels and a lot of interesting kind of observations about her career and her work. So I would just love to know like what, what she has meant to you as an artist, but also a business person. Yeah, I think, on a surface level, she's really uh, narrated a soundtrack of my life since we were in roughly the same life phase. And she's, you know, she came on the scene when I was 
I don't know, a freshman or sophomore in college. So I feel like a lot of my formative years, my main character moments, if you will, like she's kind of sung uh, through my experiences. So I've just always liked her music period. But I think especially as I got into podcasting, Um, And I watched the narrative be carried from like 2012 of like, she's a serial dater. She just writes songs about boys to sell albums. Her and her squad are so annoying, blah, blah, blah. Like the way people talked about her and then the way people make fun of you for talking about her or liking her and this tendency for people to like adopt not liking Taylor Swift as a personality type just started to really annoy me because I think it's a lot of, it represents a lot of the unfair way people portray women in media and not letting them evolve, not letting them bounce back after mistakes that they're open to. And beyond that, just like, I don't love the, there's just something about her. I don't really like sort of essence Mm -hmm. that tends to happen with her because I think when you look at her career as a whole, she just largely nets positive in terms of, you know, her being like very independent in her own like songwriting and the way she's produced her albums and the way she's kind of taken risks and uh, the way she's fought for other artists. And they're like, she baked into her universal music contract that other, every other artist had to be better compensated for streaming for her to sign with them. Mm -hmm. Um, She's really gone to bat for the way artists are compensated. She's really, I don't know. I think she made a huge mistake in not getting political earlier, but I think she's realized and kind of communicated the ramifications of that. And beyond that, as a marketer, she's brilliant. I mean, she, she makes these treasure maps and drops clues in the form of like numerology and lyrics and this and that, that you could try to connect to her personal life. And the only way to get closer to, to the pot of gold is to consume more of her product. I mean, it's pretty smart and she makes it fun to be a fan. She engages well, well with fans and, Um, I just think she's a really impressive woman, all things considered, and she's definitely not perfect, but um, I think people are very unwilling to give her the benefit of the doubt for some reason. And she's just net to me, nets a lot more positive than a lot of public figures. Do you like folklore or ever more better? Um, I I have trouble with this because folklore was so surprising and such Mm. a departure um, that I'm, I'm, partial to folklore but evermore was just a little sad and like i was just not in that headspace i was a little more hopeful in july than i was in december (laughs) um but i like them both they're definitely different i i I really do like a pop taylor and a moody taylor um so this is air has been an adjustment for me i like it it's just but it's like it's kind of how I felt about wedding dress shopping. I'm like, I'm supposed to find the dress of my dreams in a category of dresses I would never buy. I don't wear white. I don't wear lace. I don't wear the silhouette. Like, how am I supposed to? So it's kind of like looking for my favorite song in a genre of music I wouldn't normally pursue. If that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Kate. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Dory. Just so many questions. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, if um, someone's ever listened to your show before, what is an episode you would recommend people start with? Kate, that was literally going to be my question. No, are you serious? Yes, I swear <laughs> to God. So thank you. <laughs> I also noticed when I'm on other podcasts, I'm so used to having to talk for long periods of time. I'm like, God, I need to get my thoughts out in a more condensed manner. You're nice to be patient with me. Oh. Um, but the that's a good question because they're all very different. Um, like to get a taste for the way I talk about 
nostalgia blended with like a more serious topics. Um, there's a popular episode called Visco Girl Wash Your Face where I explain Visco Girls in the context of like a lot of like how we grew up in the 90s with mall culture. But then I somehow like go into Rachel Hollis uh, and like, you know, my issue with the infantilizing of female boss babes and all that. And it's kind of this like weaving of, of nostalgia and present topics um, for a more serious, like vulnerable episode. Listen to Childless Millennial, maybe. But that would depend kind of on your life place you are in life. But that was um, an episode where I kind of just tried to very confessionally share my uh unpopular ideas or, or fears about having kids and, you know, how I feel like I'm in a weird position at my age and career, uh, not need desperately needing time, but time is not on my side. Um, and I'm trying to think if, yeah, the nostalgic ones are bath and body jerks and visco girl wash your face or where I'd start for serious childless millennial for fun. Start with like the sorority or bride bridesmaid deep dives where I crowdsource stories from listeners, um, about like going through rush and that that's called, I think it's just sorority deep dive. Um, oh, wait, what about the Mormon? Oh gosh. Episode? Yeah. Duh. And then I have, a th- <laughs> I have like a three part Mormon mommy blogger series where I just, I just literally muse out loud. I'm like, well, how, why are people so rich and so good looking and have so many kids under 25? Like what's, what's that was, that was, that was a scary time in life venturing into religion. That was uh, definitely not met with a lot of that was the, the most criticism I've ever gotten. That was kind of hard to navigate because it's hard to not offend people when you're talking about something like their faith that's sacred to them. But I think that separating the culture from the doctrine of Mormonism and the popularity of being a blogger within that faith, it's like, there's no denying it's fascinating. Yeah, totally. You also, I think, give a great analysis of TikTok. And I know like since you did your like kind of preliminary TikTok deep dive, Things have shifted so much, like the original Hype House members are no longer all connected and now they're all making music videos. But like I I definitely turn to you to have a deeper understanding of what is happening on TikTok, why it's valuable and important and who the the game changers really are. Yeah, I was obsessed with talking when when TikTok first came on the scene in the States, like I, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with um not being an older person that thinks that the weird things people younger than me do are like, I I don't want to dismiss things that I'm not used to. I don't want to dismiss things young people do that are different as wrong. And I talk about Gen Z a lot. And that's why like would deep dive like Visco girls. I'm like, let me just explain this because it makes sense because it's we all do the same things at that age. They just look a little different as generations pass. And I think when TikTok came out, it was just so objectively embarrassing to older people to be like dancing and to be, you know, participating in this sort of thing. And um, but I I was like, oh, this is amazing. It's Instagram is so self-promotional now. TikTok is it's not social media. It's social entertainment. Mm. And there's there's a joy there that I don't find in other mediums. And even though there's plenty of issues with its ownership and privacy laws, I think that as a content medium and as an algorithm, it's so incredibly strong. And it was like the sunny corner of the internet in 2020 that we needed. Well, Kate, it has been a true pleasure to get to talk to you today. I just, I just, I just love gabbing with you. Um, where can our listeners find you if they want to listen to your show, learn more about you, et cetera? Yeah, no, this is so fun. Thank you guys. And you have to come on my podcast and we'll deep dive more into our oh. not, not so guilty pop culture obsessions. Um, oh, you can find me 
at uh, at be there in five on Instagram, F I V E, not the number five. Uh, the podcast is called Be There in Five. Everywhere podcasts are available. My book is Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star. And yeah, that's about it. Well, thanks again, Kate. Yeah, thank, thank you. you this so was much. so fun. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like, I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Kate is such a, just such a dream. You know, people have asked us when we have other podcasters on to specifically single out an episode for them to listen to. And I think we did that with Kate. Like she gave us some good starting points for her podcast. Mm-hmm. But I did want to recommend like her TikTok deep dives. If anyone is like just looking to get into Be There in Five, she has one from a year ago and then she's just recently revisited TikTok on her show. 
And she like has taught me about TikTok. So I think if you're curious about getting to know Kate and also getting to know the talk stars, that might be a good place to start. Good call. Just FYI. Then you can then you can come on TikTok and dance with me. <laughs> uh, what you is your wait? Oh, sorry, can I ask you a question. Do you ever look yeah. at TikTok? Yeah, I was actually looking at it last night, and I found a on my for you page. There was a um, a twenty two year old woman who is a pilot, and she posts all these like amazing TikToks of her flying her vintage aircraft. <laughs> Oh, that's a 22 with a vintage aircraft? Yes. Wow, she sounds cool. Yeah, she was really cool. I like then I like looked at all her videos. I I have to say like TikTok has been um when I when I don't berate myself for like having it be a time suck, it's also like a place where I derive a lot of pleasure because it's oh it's totally. kind of like it's entertainment as opposed to like looking at Instagram which just feels like I don't even know what yes. Instagram is, but TikTok is actually like made to be for people to create entertaining content, and it it really uh, it really works for me. Her her um, her TikTok is plain girl as an airplane, P L A N E girl. Okay, great. I will check her out when I get off of <laughs> this recording. All right, well, let's fly our planes. Nope, I'm not going to say that. Let's. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, let's discuss our intentions, uh, because last week, last time we spoke, your intention was to not get COVID a very, very big intention, I would say, but a very, like a very straightforward, tangible one. Yes. You did everything in your power not to get COVID while COVID was in your home Mm -hmm. and you succeeded. I did. I did. So you I should did. Go good. That's good. I'm glad you didn't. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so this week, I just I need to just figure out how to take a mental health break in some way. I'm That's here it. for this intention. I am here for Thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can my intention this week to be to help you figure out how to take a mental health break, or is that too annoying? Am I getting too <laughs> in your business? No, I just I don't want you to feel like I don't want you to feel pressured to do that. I don't. I'm like giddy with the thought of it, but I also don't want to be like too in your face about it. <laughs> so I'll I'm I feel like a puppy. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> it might be the coffee. This here's here's where I'm at with the intentions. Okay, so Two weeks ago, I hadn't journaled, but I had a bunch of listener recommendations. And I had said I wanted to cold plunge, which what the hell, but I did it. Yeah. Okay. So let me give you a little, a little update. I jumped in my cold pool more than once and I took a cold shower. I don't know if it's for me, mm-hmm. but I did it. So check it off. And I also bought a journal. Okay. And I've been... And I've been doing my journal and i'm going to tell you what it's called it's called one question a day a five-year journal a personal time capsule of questions and answers and my daughter i mentioned my oldest daughter journals excuse me my older daughter that's dedicated to the 
person who wrote in about my grammar. <laughs> my older daughter <sighs> journals every night, um, which is amazing. And she has like five journals and she writes in all of them. Wow. But one of them is the kids version of this one question a day. And so I was like, you know what? I can handle this one question a day. Okay. So I have been doing that every night when I get into bed. I love that. I love that so much. And this week, my intention is very broad, and it is just to think about having patience. Mm. Because last night, my daughter knocked over a cup of water, and I snapped at her. Mm. And then I was like, oh, boy, what the what the hell? And then I, you know, I apologized, and I talked to her about it. And I felt like I, hand, I recovered okay, but I was like, yeah, why was my response to be like, ah, so, mm. thinking about patience this week. Okay. okay. And also, like of course, that. your your mental health. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <sighs> well, oh, look, we just let out a really nice, relaxing sigh. Both we did. We did. Mm. <laughs> Listeners, sigh with us if you, if you so choose. Uh, and as we come to the end of the show... We have to tell you that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Sam Reed is our project manager and our network partner is ACAST. And we thank you so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.